Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. You like our 7-inch leather heels and downloading all our shows, but do you love the Decibel Geek Podcast? Do you, do you? And do you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter? If not, you may have missed out on this. A couple of weeks ago, we put out the call to all our friends all over the world to help us out with some thought-provoking, hypothetical KISS concepts, with a K, for us to talk about. And boy, did you guys deliver. Oh, by the way, this is the Decibel Geek Podcast, and I am Aaron Camaro. Chris Sinzak, he couldn't join me to do this week's introduction. Something about getting a cow's tongue grafted onto his own. He's very, very committed to Kissmas in July. Oh, yeah. I'm sad to see it come to an end, but we're definitely going to have some fun with this one. Before we get into that, I want to thank our Kissmas in July guests, Big John Hart, Pixie S. Mond, and Denny Smith. Have you guys checked out The Great Affairs yet? Awesome band. Go check them out. Those guys were all cool enough to come on the show and share some great Kiss stories with us. And how great were Pixie's Peter and Ace impressions from last week, huh? <laughs> so cool. Speaking of impressions, our writers at DecibelGeek.com have been cranking out the KISS articles all month long. Hoops did an uplifting positive series on the various members of KISS, which is a good thing. We need some positivity in our lives. Chris gave us all the heads up on the KISS Army book, which I recommend all you KISS fans get in on. Your fan story could be included in a KISS book. That's awesome. Phil Lissot did some uh, controversial, with a K, KISS album rankings, and we got a KISS fan confessional. I'm not going to say it. From the Meister, a guide to meeting KISS members for free from Blair Diabro and a handful of really thought-provoking KISS articles from Baco. Check out the band Jesus Chrysler and the podcast Cobras and Fire. The latest Kissmas in July entry, however, comes from David Alpazar, who recounts his evening seeing KISS at their recent acoustic show in Highland, California. Now, David got to meet Paul Stanley and Eric Singer, who apparently not only listens to the show, but he also does a Wicked Aaron Camaro impersonation. How cool is that? We got to get him on the show. I want to hear it so bad. All these articles are currently available for your reading pleasure right now at decibelgeek.com, plus that link to be included in the KISS fan book. Recommended. Go do that. I might even do that. So buy a KISS t-shirt while you're there because, you know, the next time KISS is in town, you're going to want to hear Eric Singer's Aaron Camaro impression, and that's the only way to do it. I've heard it's pretty funny. I'd love to hear it myself. <laughs> But I better get moving before this ends up becoming a three-hour podcast. Would that bother you? 
Some people might like that. There's a very important announcement coming up next week that will be very, very appealing to the people who want more Decibel Geek in their life. So right now, I got to say it's very likely that you're hearing my voice because of iTunes. And we love iTunes and are very grateful for the sweet rankings they give this show all the time. But we really want to prove to them and the world that hard rock and classic metal is still very much alive and the loyal fans are still relevant and important. But... You know, let's face it, we're never going to beat Serial and Marin without some more iTunes reviews. So I wanted to give you guys a couple of great examples of some iTunes reviews that we recently got. The first one is just entitled Great Podcast, and it comes from our good friend Steve True, who's always sharing and supporting the show. And he says, I got pulled in by the Dada Albums Unleashed episode and became a loyal follower. Now I reek of Decibel Geek. How do you wash this stuff off? (laughs) Seriously, this is a great podcast with funny hosts that cover the music from the 80s and beyond, but do so in an informative and entertaining way. It's like hanging with some friends, waxing poetic about the albums we bought and the shows we attended in the good old days. I may not always agree, but I always enjoy. I love the interviews and the albums Unleashed, which both contain great insight and great inside information that you won't get anywhere else. Keep up the good work, Chris and Aaron. And that comes from our friend Steve True. Here's another one for you. Ah, this one's entitled, Who Wants to be Lonely? And it comes from Chad P., who apparently owns a hairless cat. He says, I spend quite a lot of time traveling the western states for gainful employment. Between airplanes and rental cars, a person can get quite fatigued listening to Grandma flapping her gums in the airplane seat next to you or listening to Rush Blowhard about his Save the World Ideals on AM dial. Worse is listening to Boston's More Than a Feeling for the one million. 436,870th time on the radio. Enter the Geeks. With their unique choices in music playlists ranging from the bizarro to the deep cuts, they give your ears and brain a chance to catch something new, something you missed, or something you haven't heard in a long time. Better are the interviewees they snag. This podcast isn't part of the press circuit where you hear a person do the same interview on three different podcasts over two weeks. They find the people they want to know more about, assuming correctly so, that you do too. If you want to hear John Karabi talk for an over an hour about each song for Motley Crue 94 or Toby Wright actually say something nice about Kiss, then this is your place. If you want to hear Guar sing the Pet Shop Boys, step on in. Want to hear some new wave of British heavy metal that isn't Iron Maiden? They have you covered. Subscribe and geek out. Thanks a lot. That comes from Chad P. and Steve True. And man, that's awesome. That's the way it's done. I like it a lot. So before we get into our good talk today, and Chris is going to be joining me here in just a second, um, I want to read off Geeks of the Week. These are the people that shared or retweeted last week's episode on iTunes or Facebook. And the list goes down like this. Geeks of the Week. Robert Jackson, The God of Thunder, Miguel Nunez, Podkissed, The Kiss Room. Hey, Kissmas in July doesn't have to end when you got Podkissed in The Kiss Room. I highly recommend you guys checking them out and supporting them as well. My good friend Cal Hintz shared it. Wayne Newburn, Greg McGlone, Casey Lee Michaels, Daniel Jackson, Kiss Army Omaha. What's up, Nebraska? Rob Harris, Denny Smith, Darren Parkin, Ken Mills, Jeremiah Freery, Todd Cunningham, Daniel Dabbs, Steve True, Ron Stradamus, Justin A6, Mark Alden Taylor, Gino Ames, Warren Money, David Alpazar, Minnowland, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Julian Kundoff, Paul Korn, Mike Taylor, Michelle, holy shit, Brug, Brugnoni, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> Robin Bennett, David Stonich, my man, Wayne Cross, Tony Mann, Robert Foster, Stephen Kirsch, Andrew Jacobs, Joe Lascon, Scott Ollinger, Billy Hardaway, Brian Knapp, Baco, Podcasts Are the Best, Jesus Chrysler, The Viking Girl, Ernesto Aguilar, Stephen Atchison, Atchison, I think, Jim Glass, The Rockin' Donkey, all over the podcast, J Motown drummer, Pep Pep, Nick Rose, Mikhail Burrell, uh, Derek Novak, R.C. Campbell, Hoops, Nick Minow, Colin Francis, The Terrence and Mark Experience, Steve Yakin, Stealth, Adam Cox, The Mooger Fooger, Sven Isaacson, Kevin E. Williams, T.J. Cullen, Matt Bradshaw, Jody Havnot, Strange Ways, Alex Thorne, Viper, Daryl Alber, and Darren Hellowell. All right, so we're doing something a little different this week. Yeah, we so uh, we're gonna try to wrap up Christmas in July in style, right? Yeah, I mean we've had some really great guests this month. We had Big John, we had Denny, and then we had Pixie last week. So it was like guest heavy, but then it was kind of like, why don't we just do something the two of us and do it for fun, and then also on top of that, do something extremely interactive with you guys, right? Because we always got to do something with us. Last year we did the going solo thing, and that's that's that kind of hard to top. You know, that was really awesome. Yeah, and then but then this year it was like, well, one of the things I noticed on Facebook is a lot of Kiss fans love to throw out scenario, what if scenarios, yeah. just for discussion. And we were kind of talking about that, and I was like, you know, there's there's fan fiction for Star Wars and Star Trek, and you name it. You know, Game of Thrones. You know, there's there's but. Why wouldn't there be any fan fiction for Kiss, of all things? If somebody could write a Kiss fan fiction book. Right. And so we thought, you know, what a good way to have some fun and just inspire some good Kiss discussion with a big what if. Yeah, so we put the call out to you guys on Facebook, and we got some really good serious what ifs, and we also got a lot of good smart-ass ones that we're going <laughs> to read off, too. Of course. These are our listeners we're talking about. And I guess we're going to shoot for about a solid hour of this so uh we'll just get as much in as we can in an hour maybe go a little longer i don't know we'll see how it goes so uh you just want me to start reading off some of these yeah okay dave robinson says what if the internet wasn't invented which would also mean that there would be no podcast a would kiss have recorded more albums over the last 20 years as albums as album sales stayed steady due to no downloading if the internet didn't exist and what style would they be if they continued to chase whatever was currently popular and B, with no podcast, what would you guys be doing with your time instead? <laughs> We'd be recording the Decibel Geek podcast and handing it out to people on cassettes wherever we went. Yeah, or the <laughs> Decibel Geek fanzine. Right, yeah, right. totally. Uh, let's see. It's, well, it's hard to say because like, with the advent of the internet, you know, the music industry has greatly changed and has been greatly reduced because of it as far as like album sales. So basically we're saying if, if things had stayed like they had in the like mid nineties, mm -hmm. you know, where albums came out and like, like today it, to get to number one, it, you have to sell a lot less albums oh, yeah. than you did back in the day. So we're saying if that never changed, obviously kiss would, if I would think continue to put out more albums sure. because there would have been a more you know, a market for it. Yeah. A more of the need for it, a want for it. So, you know, yeah, market. So, Obviously, they're going to put out more albums over the years and continue on. And boy, that's tough. What would they be? Well, know? but the style—I don't. I mean, the internet. I don't know. How, I don't know that the internet has necessarily affected 
what has been trending popular. Right. So I think I think musically they probably would have been about the same. About the same as what they are now because, you know, regardless of trends, internet or otherwise, Kiss had decided to sound-wise return to their roots, you know, and, and the last two albums I think kind of showed that. I know a lot of people bag on Sonic Boom and Monster, but, you know, maybe compared to early Kiss... Not that great, but compared to a lot of other bands coming out with music nowadays, pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, I've I have I don't have complaints with the material they've put out since Psycho Circus. Not a big fan of that album. I'm not a big fan of the Danger You, Danger Me, Dangerous. Yeah, song. that song's kind of lame. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go to another one. Brad Calmans at Brad Calmanson, longtime listener of the show. Yeah, uh, love so, that guy. Says, do you think Gene and Paul and Gene would invite Ace and Peter back for one last final show where Gene and Paul would have would absolutely have no deception, call it a career as far as playing in Kiss. If it came down to it and said, okay, Paul says, you know, I can't continue on. Gene says, I don't want to continue on without Paul. You know, this is absolutely, and whether that means Kiss 2.0 or whatever, Mm -hmm. would they get back together with Ace and Pete for one last time? I don't know, man. If they were going to do it, you thought they'd have done it at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, if as much of a train wreck as the whole Hall of Fame lead-up became, I don't. I don't think so. And, you know, I understand they've had problems with Ace and Peter, and I'm a fan of the original lineup, so I would have loved to have seen it happen. Yes. But on the same token, I have to give Paul and Gene credit for being loyal to the current version of the band. You know, I can can dig that too, but still, you know, as a a fan of KISS, you know, in all incarnations, I... The four original guys were the ones getting inducted. They yeah. should have done something. No, I agree. I mean, it's just one of those things where I can kind of see both sides of the argument. But, like, as far as the official end of the band, if it was definitely 100% sure and, like, they knew there was no turning back and that's this was it, I could see them including Ace and Peter in something final, but I don't think they would bother doing a full show with just those four. I don't. Nah, They're way too tied not. to the, to Eric and Tommy, and Eric and Tommy have paid their dues, so those, sure you know they deserve it, I guess. But um, and then he also followed up with, "When do you see Paul and Gene calling it a career and having a reality show to replace them in the band? Will Eric and Tommy sign on for that?" This is all. This has been a big talk on online forums. Yeah. Um, the Kiss 2.0 idea. I don't think Paul has a long time left. Of course, I said that five years ago too. Right. So. You know, maybe he'll prove me wrong. I, it, my gut tells me that Paul will be done in probably the next year or two. Yeah. What about the Kiss 2.0? What do you think of that? I think it'll happen. Yeah. I kind of think it's cool. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that. It's definitely unique. It's a it's a different idea, and it's something no other band could ever truly yeah. do. And one thing that I heard bandied about was that they were talking. Uh, Gene has become friends with Mark Burnett, the guy that created Survivor. Okay. And that there was talk about doing it kind of like a rock star supernova thing, where they would basically be auditioning on television the candidates to replace them and make it into a TV thing. I'm sure. And then you know, launch the band from the television show. And with the way the music business is, TV definitely has a bigger grip on mainstream public than music does. Mm -hmm. I think it would work. I mean, I don't know. They're not going to play arenas with Def Leppard or anything like that. But for like maybe theaters and and bigger clubs, I think it it could be something that would make money. But I always kind of saw it as an official Kiss tribute band maybe in Vegas. Right. Yeah, I could see that. You know, as far as like... Coming out with new albums, writing their own songs. That, I don't know if they're going to do that. It would almost have to be like Gene and Paul getting together, writing right. all the music, and it'd be like 
the monkeys kind of. But the, that goes when back the monkeys to, first started out. That goes back to the whole: is it what's the point in doing albums? You know, yeah. There's no money in it. You know, if people but don't even, buy an album with Paul and Gene on it, they're not going to buy a tribute album. Well, even at that, then you could say, you know, like Tommy Thayer, the everybody's bitch, not everybody, but a lot of people's bitch about that is that he doesn't play uniquely. He doesn't play his own style. He plays Ace Frehley's style. So then do you, how people would like to hear Tommy Thayer be able to rip some stuff out on his mm-hmm. own, you know, in his own vein of style and, you know, influence. But if you had these other people that the songs were written for them, they're wearing the the spaceman, the mm-hmm. the you know all the makeup, the costumes, all that, and they're just Kiss 2.0. People are gonna wonder, you know, what are these guys? What would they sound like if they came out with their own stuff? You know, so there yeah. there would always be that. So it would either have to be one, uh, just a, basically a glorified official, you know, stamped approval tr- cover band. Yeah. Or it would have to be a band that actually comes out with some new music that maybe Gene and Paul writes for them. I don't think it would go that far. I would almost prefer it that way. I don't. Why? Why just a cover band? You know. Oh, I would. I would prefer it that way too. But we're the vocal minority. I don't think the the majority of Americans aren't going to give a crap about new music. They don't care and about they, new music from Gene and Paul. And they all need new makeup and new characters. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's no copycats. Yeah, that would. Let, let's use that for um, another leading into another one. Because here's Brian Murphy asked, "What if Eric Carr was the next Catman and Vinny was the next Spaceman? What if there was no Fox or Egyptian Ink? Well, what would I, would it have made a difference? I don't know that it would have, you know, because I don't think it would have either because both of those guys would have willingly done that at the time. Yeah, it's a job. Yeah, because Eric Carr really didn't have no say. They would have said, hey, you're going to be the cat man. He's going to say, yes, sirs. You know, well, it's either gonna... that or you go back to fixing stoves. Right. So yeah. he would have totally done it. Vinnie Vincent, he didn't, you know, from all accounts, never gave a damn for the makeup, never no. really liked it. You know, we talked to Desmond Child. He made it, you know. Or I mean, uh, John Hart. Yeah, when John Hart told us, you know, a couple weeks ago about how Vinny just didn't really adapt well to the pageantry and the right. costumes that mm. come along with being in Kiss at that time. Yeah, he almost wanted to be more like a Rolling Stones type. Right. Just so put your jeans on. It's like I don't care what the makeup or the costume is. I don't like any of it anyway. Yeah, you want to paint me up like the spaceman, whatever. You yeah. know. So they both would have totally done it at the time. Would it been? Would have been as even more of an outrage at that time because of Kiss having more mm. of a. I mean, they were still a fresher band at the time. Yeah, I I think that's would, a good there question. There would have been a huge backlash to think that the at magazines the time. would have been all over it. Yeah, it would have actually would have sparked more interest in them had they done that. You even know? if it, even though it's negative attention, it would have gotten more people involved. Right. Because really, at the time, the best press they could get at that time was the whole Satan worshiping thing. That's true. You know, it was funny because, like, you know, we at the time, you know, the the band was kind of out like, you know, look at us. We're the victims of these horrible preachers. Right. I think they were happy to get that kind of press because they needed it at the time. It got them on TV. It got them in the papers. That's true. Got and them on Oprah. The creatures of the night. Well, the creatures of the night era was them at their lowest. As much as right. we love it as fans, it was yeah. a low point of the band. Paul tells that depressing story about throwing a pick and it going over the audience, and he could hear the pick hit the floor. Oh man! I mean, they played shows that were that badly attended. So I, 
the, what does that tell you? Yeah. But I don't think I don't think the makeup would have made too much of a difference. I don't think it would have helped them too much. No. I, mean, I think it was time for it to come off either way. Yeah. They were looked at as a dinosaur band by 82. Right. And Motley Crue and bands like that were taking over. But with, with Ace and Peter still being young, I think the outrage and the backlash would Possibly. have been even more than what it is today. Yeah, probably. Uh, let's go to another one. Um Phil Trzinski. It's another name like me. Um, like yours, yeah. He says, the best what if for me is what if the Elder was never made and they went into the studio with then new drummer Eric Carr and recorded the heavy rock record they promised. Maybe Ace would have further withdrawn and may have stayed. Um, I think you would have. Yeah. I, because, you know, by again, by all accounts, you know, that was the straw that broke the camel's back for Ace Frehley and Kiss was... The elder, you know, they they actually went and recorded tracks that were supposed to be more hard rock stuff. They right. went to the Ace and the Whole Studios and did all. But that. have you heard some of those? No, I have. I have the demos. Of yeah, them. and some of there's pieces of of greatness on some right. of them, but overall, the, you could tell they were they were struggling to find something, and that's why the elder happened. Because yeah. they were kind of out of ideas. Be like, well, we ain't got nothing, you know. Here you go, Bob Ezrin. Well, you tell us what to do. They're coming off of Dynasty, which was a bit of a left turn, and then Unmasked was a huge left turn. Yeah. So stylistically, they were lost, and the Elder came about because those. I mean, from what I gather, those songs they did an Ace's thing that the relationship was already poor with Ace at that time. Yeah. And then Eric was a new guy and hadn't really quite fit in yet. And I think they were just struggling to gel. Because like I said, there's moments of really cool stuff, but it doesn't sound cohesive. I suppose you're pulling Gene and Paul out of their luxury pet houses and sticking them in a smelly hole in the ground in Ace Frehley's backyard. <laughs> hey, they I probably weren't too happy to be there. There's a few interesting things. Like there's... You know, people kind of gave titles to these demos because they were just demos, but yeah. fans gave them titles. But there's one, I believe it's called Council of the Elder. Oh, yeah. And it's this, that, that's cool. That yeah. was one of the tracks recorded, as far as I know, f- from Ace's house. Yeah. And it's got a very, like, big Zeppelin, Achilles it Last does. Stand type yeah, feel I to it. That. That's some great stuff, but it's not really original either. So, I mean, I don't know that they were in a, in a good headspace. And then Elder, you know, and then Gene had that story and tells Bob about it. And then Bob's like, well, I just did the wall. And then they're yeah. like, well, why don't we try to make our version of the wall? Which you can't Except do that if you're Kiss. Kiss isn't Pink Floyd. Yeah, it's a difference. And it just don't work that way. Okay. In well, retrospect, you know, it's easy to say. I'm trying to get to as many, because like Brad Calvinson had a bunch of good questions, but I'm trying to get as many people as we can here. Okay. Steve True says, what if The Elder was a success and Kiss made many, many, many more concept albums? Wow, that's a that's a damn good one right there because that really changes the trajectory of Kistery. Mm-hmm. If they they come out, they you know Dynasty was its thing. It was a success, but not for hardcore Kiss fans. Unmasked, you know, really kind of alienated him even further. Oh yeah, you know. So I got to think the only way the Elder could have been a success would have been if they would have picked up an entirely new fan base with it. That's what they were trying to do. And then, therefore, you know, they would have completely become a different band. So then, you know, Ace Frehley, either then at that point, I think it would have killed Ace Frehley. I think Ace would have killed himself. He would have been, Ace Frehley would have died. (laughs) 
that's that's the first thing would happen. I don't know if it would have been instantly or oh, something brought on over time. It would have been like the the ultimate bender that would have ended him probably. Totally, because he would have been locked in. Then now they're a huge success. Yeah, what do you do? And he was wrong. Right. You know, he was so wrong about the hard rock and sticking to your roots and all that. You know. Yeah. And well, so now, now he's got to eat his words, but he's got to take the money and he's got to go along with it. And he's unhappy, dead within a week. He uh. It, well, you know, the, they, the initial concept was to do three albums. They were going to make it a trilogy. Wow. And I, I don't remember the title of the third one, but the second one was going to be called War of the Gods. See, maybe that would have been like the heavier one. It's like, okay, now we got to come back with like the, the Revenge of the Sith of our trilogy. <laughs> this is the dark one here. But like, I, think, I still think War of the Gods is a great title for an album. For a Kiss album, yeah, yeah. it is. Can you imagine the cover? If they'd have got Somebody some... online did a, a really cool like fantasy cover of it. Yeah. And, like It was like a Conan the Barbarian figure like holding up a an upside-down like axe guitar with nice. a lightning hitting it. Yeah. And uh, it said War of the Gods. But yeah, I mean, I don't... I'm, I'm happy that things didn't turn out that way. I'm... There's a time and a place for concept albums, but for Kiss, I just I'm not a fan not, of that stuff. There's a time and a place, but it's nowhere in the Kiss catalog. I mean, the Destroyer album was loosely a concept album. You know, Ezrin did that too. Yeah, with the whole you know you know the, and it, the car accident thing and, right. and everything, and then the rock and roll party thing that plays on a loop at the end is supposed to be like him ascending into heaven. Oh, That's wow, what, really? Or into hell, depending on who you believe. It's a theory. It's a, it's a theory you know. I know for some people Depending hearing Kiss on a loop. Yeah. But uh, no, I don't, I'm glad they didn't do it. I don't, if they had become like a concept album band, what that would have yeah, been strange. Because imagine what if the Elder would have sold, you know, and went went like in the top 10. And if they kept that look, there, there'd there be no. They ma- said, oh, we just found our meal ticket. This is it, this guys. Is it. We found we're it. We're sticking this is, with this. Yes. We're going on tour with Yes next week. Yeah. <laughs> and that look, like, there'd be no room for Man of War. Like, you know, uh, the whole medieval thing. Uh, or maybe Man of War would have been bigger because of Kiss's influence. I don't boy, know. I don't know. Crazy. That's an interesting question. That's then. a good one. I like that. Uh, let's see. What if Vinny had done a few lead vocals on Lick It Up? That's an interesting question. You know, I don't see why not. Vinnie Vincent's a good singer. He's a very good singer. And there was a, did you see, um, in the last week or so, there was some uh, website that did uh, an article on the band Warrior that yeah. Vinnie was in, before, you know, with Hirsch Gardner that we talked right. to. From New and, England. Yeah, and, you know, they played, they put up some of the demos from that. And, you know, and all the guys in the band were like, we, we couldn't understand why he wanted a guy that could sing with all the high range when... Vinny himself had a very powerful rock and roll vo- voice. Soulful, yeah. And Good stuff. Yeah, you know, if you listen to those demos, like the, the back in the streets, back on the streets is yeah. much, much oh, better man. with him singing. Yeah, and no, I love Robert. Believe I do me, too. But, but yeah, I yeah. gotta agree. It's it seems like it's more suited for Vinny Vincent. You yeah, know? he and wanted. The dude to... was a good singer. He he probably, you know, if he probably should have got a song on "Lick It Up," at least one. Yeah, but maybe one. again, that's Gene and Paul's way at that point to make everybody know who's working for who. Yeah, and that, whose band this is. That question comes from Lee Mike, so I want to make sure I give credit to everybody who we're well, talking about. I would have enjoyed it very much. Yeah, I, th- I would have too. Um, well, speaking of Vinnie Vincent, Dave Nichols asked, "What if Vinnie Vincent came on Decibel Geek?" That would be pretty dang awesome. I would say. I think it would um, be it would be a trip for sure. I would ask for what the temperature in hell is, and because I'm sure it would be pretty cold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Of course, I would. I still stand by this <laughs> by the belief that if if he were to do any podcast. Why wouldn't it be the Decibel Geek podcast? You know, because I can't afford it. We can't. Well, I'm saying that's the big what if. If what if Vinny Vincent were to grant a free interview? Yeah. You know, with the Decibel Geek podcast, here's what would happen: We'd have Vinny Vincent on. We'd ask him a bunch of cool questions. We'd have a great conversation with him. And when he was over, he'd probably want to be our best friends. You know, because when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, I think we've been almost stereo. You know, typed as a Vinnie Vincent hating show, but and we're not. But we're so far from that because we both really do truly respect Vinnie Vincent in the fact that he's an amazing musician who's written a great many of our favorite songs, who was in our favorite band, and you know, is is just awesome on guitar. We love the guy. Well, music, yeah, musically, I have no complaints. Right. It's my, it's. But, you know, you can't deny that there's issues going on business-wise. And, you know, everyone that ever talks about him talks about that stuff. So, you know, I'm not going to pretend that stuff that happened didn't happen. Right. So, you know, that doesn't make me a hater, though. That just means you examine it. Sure. You know, and we, you know, might ask him some questions he might not feel comfortable. Okay, let me rephrase that. Chris would probably ask him some questions (laughs) that he wouldn't be comfortable with. You know, but... I would see. We'll play. We but we would play good podcast or bad podcast or whether right. everything would work out in the end. Uh, well, Trust us, Benny. Yeah, I guess the proof in that was when we did the Mark Slaughter interview, and I was like, I had like a handful of questions that I was like, maybe I shouldn't ask these, and then we sit down, and then I'm like, okay, let me hit him with this one and this one and this one. It's just like ah. Forget it. Who knows when I'm going to talk to you again? Let's just do this. You're a hell of a journalist. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> We're fanboy one, but no, that, I mean that. Believe me, I hope, uh, Dave Nichols, I hope that that happens. Yeah, if you know Vinny Vincent, tell him, come on the Decibel Geek podcast. Those guys love you, whether you what you've been told or not. Here's a, here's a name I love. I hope it's a real name. This guy's name is Josh Jostofferson. Nice. <laughs> he says he has, lumberjack. A, he has a handful of uh, questions here. Let me see if I can... Let's see. Well, here's a good one. What if Kiss had never put on makeup? Would they have made it on their music alone? Hmm. Drinking beer, so sorry for that. That's, boy, that's tough to say. That would be a good one to ask somebody who was in the New York scene at that time. Yeah. You know, ask somebody from Hanoi Rocks or ask somebody from the New York Dolls. You know, the guys that were playing around in that area at the time. Ask, you know, bands that were around, maybe not Hanoi Rocks, but, uh, you know, all those bands that we talk about, the Planets and all those yeah. guys, what their their picture, because they all say the same thing. This band was ridiculous, mm-hmm. and they weren't that good at playing their instruments. Talking well, about the very early yeah, stuff. Yeah, if you listen you know? to the early soundboard recordings, they weren't that right. great. I mean, they, but again, you know, like Desmond Child said, back then they had the were afforded the opportunity to get better as they went, you know, and get mm-hmm. to the point where they were professionals. Yeah. You know, early on, not all that great. That's that's where the question comes in. Without you know, and all their contemporaries said, "Oh, these guys are stupid." But somebody saw that and said, "That's money." Well, Neil Bogart signed them on Music Alone. Yeah. He hadn't even seen them. Really, he heard the demo tape and loved the music. Well, there you go. That's and then he saw them and he's like, "I don't like this makeup stuff." So, he, you know, he was turned off by it. I don't believe they would have been the phenomenon. No. That they, they were. I think they could have made it as a band and like lived off music. I think it could have got as big as you know. They'd have been like a piper or something like that, maybe, maybe. or stars or angel or you know. 
Nazareth? Well, that Nazareth like, was pretty big, though. I think they would have been on level with Nazareth. Maybe. maybe. Or Budgie, you know, bands like that. Bigger than Budgie, I think. I think they would have li- could have made a living at it, but they wouldn't they have blown up like they Black did. Black Sabbath would have allowed them to open for them all Yeah, but they long. would have never gotten to, that, to Sabbath level. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. Sabbath And that's ever. not a put down on them. It's just it with Kiss, it was the whole package. Right. That's what made them, that's what separated exactly. them. Exactly, yeah. And that's a good thing. You had it all. You had good songs and you had the spectacle on top of it. I don't think they would have had a pinball machine made in their likeness. I don't think so. But the music would have been good because it would have been for music's sake alone. And, you know, would Rolling Stone have loved them, maybe? Maybe. Probably not. Not if the music was the same, I guess. Yeah, I guess not. Because it was still, the music was still too much fun. Rolling Stone was all about the talking heads and Blondie and, and, and Lou Reed and shit like that. They don't know nothing about having fun. What uh, I like that? I like that he purposely misspelled it. But what if Bob Kulick was Kiss's first guitarist instead of Ace, Ace Freshly? <laughs> That's from Matt Jones. Ace Freshly. Yeah, he's making a joke. I think. Oh, okay. Actually, I think I've tried to type Freely into my phone, and it it auto corrects oh, to Freshly. <laughs> Ace Freshly. Well, what if what if Bob Kulick got the job instead of Ace? What do you, do, you, do you think it would have made a big difference? Ah. Uh... Because the only debated. real reason Bob didn't get the job is because of his hair, right? I think so. I mean, Bob you know, had hair image... back in those days. He wasn't bald. He did have hair. He had hair when he played with Meatloaf. Yeah. But I think Ace... I always assume that the only reason, because Bob Kulick is an amazing guitar player. Yeah, he is. But... And, you know, I don't know. You know, they knew him. He's obviously a good guy because they've worked with him continuously over and over, over, and over, over the years. And so I I wonder why, what was it? You know, was it just the fact that Ace Frilly walked in and they were just like, holy shit, look at this guy? We just forgotten everybody else that's already tried out? Or The story of the tryout's funny, though, because the way Gene tells it, they were talking to Bob and they were like getting ready to set up follow-up jam times because they were impressed with him. And then Ace just walks up, plugs his guitar in while they're talking and starts playing over them talking. And Gene's like, um, did we ask you to plug in, unplug your guitar and sit the fuck down and wait your turn? I mean, that's, that was Gene's first interaction with Ace. It was Ace basically being inconsiderate. Right. And then from what the story is, then Ace, when he got called up to play, they, they played Deuce, they ran through it once and then they told him when to come in on the solo. And when he came in, they all instantly looked at each other like, this is the guy. And Bob Kulick looked at his shoes. Yeah, I get Well, yeah, his matched though. <laughs> Shazam. Shazam. That was awesome. But no, I mean, I, from what I gather, they they just felt that chemistry when, yeah. when they when they got when they played Deuce together. They were like, this is the band. That's a hard one to imagine. How how would the band have been different and how would that have changed the trajectory and would it have changed the trajectory? Well, Ace was such a signature part of that early sound right and i don't know i mean bob had similar feel but something about ace almost bob was almost a bob was probably technically a better player than ace you know as far from a technical standpoint i can see but ace has this mix of flash but with with style Flash and ability or whatever the whole flash and balls (laughs) thing is bullshit it was flash and ability and um but it was true. He was sloppy, but just to a certain point. But he had swagger with his playing. Well, and that's the thing. I think that, you know, anybody that loves Kiss and loves Ace Freely, you know, the respect comes in with Ace Freely when he comes into the 
the conversation of guitar greats, it's not his his technical ability, it's his style. Yeah. You know, and Ace Frehley has such a unique style that you, when you hear it, even if you don't know it's him, you hear it and you think, yeah, that's Ace Frehley or somebody mm-hmm. that really likes Ace Frehley yeah. a lot. You well, know? and also the, his in the early days, I think through, really through Dynasty and maybe on Unmasked, he he had a, an incredible knack for coming up with solos that you could hum to yourself. Yeah, totally. And memorable little harmony line, you know, melody lines on his solos where you would, they would stick in your head. Um, that's one thing I miss from him. On uh, you know, I love Space Invader. I loved Anomaly, and I love the some of the fra- sometimes during Fraley's comment and a little bit on Trouble Walk, and he came up with the goods on solos. But yeah. over the last couple albums, that's the one big element that I think is missed. I, I don't hum any Boy, of the I solos. I don't know about that, man. There's some of them solos on there that are what, very singable. Like which ones? Well, what about like Into the Vortex? You the know? riff part in the, yeah. for the solo is great, but right. the, but the solo parts themselves is really just him noodling. I think I don't think hmm. they're they're that well thought out. I, I think know. he I just kind of fit pretty good. I mean, they fit fine, but they're not memorable like they were in the seventies. Have you listened to uh, Space Invader over and over and over again, of like course. you did Dynasty when you were a kid? I did it. For, <laughs> I did it first. Yeah, I was, yeah. yeah, constantly. Yeah. But that's the one thing that I that I miss in his playing is I th- mm. I think he has gotten a bit lazy with the way he writes his solos. Yeah. And you know he he. I was going to say he came up with good stuff on Psycho Circus, but that's a whole joke. But um, came up with some stuff. The stuff that he played on, yeah. You know, Tommy Thayer played it, came up with some good stuff for him. Right. But no, I mean, I'm not going to bash Ace, but uh, I mean, I don't know. Well, we're talking about Bob Kulik, but no, Bob Kulik, <laughs> Bob Kulik would have oh, been. Oh, you uh, guys start talking about Ace Frehley, you walk over to the dude with the sneakers and totally forget me over here. Right. But I mean, Bob Kulik would have been more than capable of being in the band, but totally. uh, I think Ace is such a. Impo- I think all four of them, and they, they were all four necessary ingredients mm-hmm. to what happened the stars aligned with them. you had four. to have those four guys to do it i think yeah probably right and peter you know people some people are like well he wasn't any john bonham or neil pert but no but he was the right guy at the right time yeah and his that jazz gene krupa you know trained him on how to play when he was a kid and that jazz element i'm not saying peter was a jazz drummer because peter's not technical enough to be a full-on jazz drummer but he had jazz influences in his playing yeah. And that, There's and a lot of swing in those Kiss songs. A lot. And like he comes from a different school. Like hard rock is not what he likes. Right. But that's what makes Kiss sound different. And that's what made his solo album so weird. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you still matter to me, Peter. Um, let's see. What if Mark St. John never got the hand condition? How long is he in the band? The hand condition? That's is from that, David Lawrence. Is that with quotation marks around it? The writer syndrome. Yeah. Um, what do we think about that? I don't think he lasts long either way. I don't know. You know, that's such a strange thing that, that you know, Mark St. John's story, the, the mystery in it where, you know, was there even a hand disorder? I've heard otherwise. Oh, there was. Know? There's pictures of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his, his hand was clearly huge and he had something going on. Hmm. But I, I've i talked to other people. I think I, we mentioned it on the show with Denny that yeah. he, I think it might have been a convenient excuse to let him go. And I why i don't know i mean like he clearly didn't click personality wise with the guys right if there's like there was a huge long interview with him i think it was on a website called kiss asylum years ago and it's a very detailed interview about his time in the band and he the you know there's some people that are not wired to be 
in a band like Kiss, yeah. and he's one of them. Like, and he admits it himself. Like he got into New York to audition, and he once he got the job, he wasn't even sure if he was happy about it because he was like, "These guys are so different than I am," and we don't like. Paul and Gene were very controlling over him, according to what he said. I suppose that'd be like you or me or any other normal person all of a sudden getting hired by Kiss, you know, to do an album, mm-hmm. go on tour and all that. You know, you'd be so, you know, mind blown by the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is awesome, but it's also really strange. And I've been thrust in this whole thing because I'm a damn good guitar yeah. player. Oh, he was too. It was amazing. It's hard to imagine, you know, and I got to imagine that, you know, his experience was probably a lot like that. Well, he, you know, he would mention that like there was a whole to do over him drinking regular Coke instead of Diet Coke. It was like, if you want to be in the band, you have to wear diet. You have to drink Diet Coke. How stupid. And shit like that. Like, if you don't do this, you're fired. And you know we can fire you, right? And I think I can't and, imagine. And he may have been a victim coming like, on the heels of Vinny. Right. So, you know, how long did it take us to totally mentally fuck Vinny Vincent? Let's see if we can beat that record well, with Mark St. John. <laughs> that's one side of it. Or you could look at the other side of Vinny was such a nightmare to Paul and Gene. Right. That they were like, we're not letting some the next guy get out of control like Vinny did. Right. We're going to tell him what kind of soda to drink and everything. Exactly. But it's such an interesting way to look at it either way. But, like, I don't know. If Mark St. John had stayed in the band. What would they? Have, what, what do you think they would have? That would have been more of the same on hmm. like Animal Lies. I would guess so because yeah. Mark St. John really did have his own style. He did. I mean, that Animal Lies record sounds nothing like the rest of the catalog. No, I mean they're obviously Gene and Paul singing the songs, but yeah, that album's way different musically. I don't know. I, I'm happy Bruce came along. Um, yeah, me too. Because that was my kiss was the Eric Carr and Bruce Kulick. Right. That was what got me into him. So I don't know. That's an interesting question. If, uh, yeah, I don't know how long. I don't think Mark would have lasted long either way, though. I Probably really don't. Because I think personalities were problems there. Um, let's see. Oh, this is a good one. A few people brought this up. What if Eric Carr hadn't passed away? This is another Dave Nichols question. Would he be in the band now with Fox makeup or cat makeup? And like um, somebody else had asked, we'll, uh, we'll roll this into two questions in the one. Would the reunion have taken place with Eric and the Fox makeup? I bet it would have. Because they did not want to work with Peter. I think they felt like they had to make concessions to get Peter back in the band. You know what? I'd almost go as far to say that if Eric Carr would have lived, he would have been a part of the reunion. Kiss reunion, the, the Psycho Circus album would have been more of an album. Like a band album. Like a band album, as far to the point that I think that lineup would probably still be around today. With Ace and Eric Carr? With Ace and Eric Carr, putting out some of the best music of their careers. Yeah. Well, and that's somebody also brought up on one of these things that, you know, what like somebody said, what do you think we would have gotten had Eric Carr and Ace Frehley stayed together in the band? And also, uh, what about Eric Singer and Ace Frehley in the band? Because both of those lineups, I feel like we got shortchanged on material-wise, and I think both lineups had a lot of potential. Yeah, I would have liked to have heard more. You know, I think either one, you know, and that's like I don't want to take anything away from any drummers because, you know, drummers are so important, and there is an ability, you know, even though it's a misconception that a drummer's a drummer, you're just playing that beat. No, there's different ways to create your own different styles on drums as well. And, you know, I know like Ace Fraley is even going as far to say, you know, yeah, it's important for me to be in the band and me to be wearing the makeup. And then when they ask about Eric Singer, like, yeah, whoever's playing drums, you know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
But I think Eric Carr, you know, just like Eric Singer, I don't know. I guess as far as like teaming up with Ace Frehley, the kind of drummer that Ace Frehley wants. Ace Frehley wants that Anton Fig. He wants that Eric Carr. He wants that Eric Singer. He wants that Bonham. Right. You know, and Ace Frehley always finds, seems to find a Bonham for every album, every project he does. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it goes back to the difference in producers. Ace Frehley wanted the Eddie Kramer. You know, that yeah. that fits right along with what Ace, where his comfort zone is at. So I got to believe that, you know, like like I said, you know, with Eric Carr and the band, Ace, figure the reunion time. Re- reunion time comes, Eric Carr is still in the band. Eric Singer has never even had anything to do with Kiss other than playing drums on Paul Stanley's solo tour. Right. Okay. Um, Eric Carr is still very much part of the band. Then the reunion basically becomes, can we get Ace Fraley back? Mm-hmm. You know, is there going to be backlash on that? Of course, you know, because the, the people are going to say, hey, we want Peter back for the reunion of the original four. I think there'll still be some backlash. But I would like to think that if it would have been done that way, it would have been a great thing that would we'd still be enjoying to this day. Well, it's kind of a bummer that like the, with the Ace and Eric Carr lineup, all we got was the Elder. Mm-hmm. You know, we really got shortchanged on that yeah. deal. Because it could have been something so cool, but we got robbed of it. And then Ace and Eric Carr, I I got excited. You know, I I love Peter Chris, but like I got excited when I heard Eric Carr was going to join on that tour, the farewell tour, and start playing. Because then I was like, oh, are we going to get an album with this lineup? Because it just seems like it would be an awesome lineup to put together. I would think so. But it didn't happen. Nope. All right. Let me. Because, you know, even with Eric Carr still in the band, Ace would have been happier, I think. I think he would have, too. For some reason, everybody like looks at Ace and Peter like they were the be- best buddies, but they really weren't. No, and I think Ace got along. It seemed, you know, from what I've heard and seen, that, you know, Ace actually got along with Eric better than he got along with Peter. Because those two fought all the time, too, you know? Yeah, they did. Here's a good one from Kent Bennett. What if Alive was never released? Wow. Would there still be a kiss? Because they were, I don't think they so. were broke. They were about to be done. So. I think it would have, yeah, by all accounts, that would have been the end of Kiss. They would have no longer got any support. And well, not necessarily though, because Warner Brothers was ready to sign them. Yeah. I think I think it was Warner Brothers. Some other Warner Brothers or Paramount, or not Paramount, but there was another record company ready to take them, ready to take them on, because before Alive came out, um, Bill or that Alive had been recorded. Mm-hmm. And they weren't releasing it yet because they were, Casablanca was broke. And um, there was another record company ready to scoop them up. I think it was Atlantic now that I think Along about with it. the live album? Well, I don't know. I don't know about the live well, I think because Bill Coin was like, Bill Coin started getting ready to file papers against Casablanca. Because Casablanca owed, owed them money. Yeah. And they were, Bill was like, you know, you guys have been great to us, but we have to do something here. And... The Johnny Carson album stiffed so bad for Casablanca that they almost went under. Right? Yeah, I remember being told about that. And uh, I found that at a record shop a few months ago. Really? And I bought it. Wow. Yeah, I was like, Just I have to have it. Yeah. Purposes. <laughs> it's called Here's Johnny. <laughs> um, but no, it like I guess they were Casablanca was going to go under, and then they put it out basically under duress. Yeah. And then it blew up. But I don't. I I think another record company would have seen the potential because they were selling. A few hundred thousand of each of the first three albums. Yeah, and that's that's not bad. But know, Alive is what blew the doors open. Right. Because they weren't really stars yet. 
No, and that's what I think because when the people went and seen them live, they were so blown away. And like they said, you know, that's a souvenir of the night that you seen Kiss. And right. Everybody had to have it. Yeah, let me find some that was never really truly captured on the studio albums, as great as they were. Okay, here's one. I don't know if I can pronounce this guy's name. Oivind Jensen. And I know this guy through Facebook because he's doing a three-dimensional graphics version movie of The Elder. He does like 3D graphics. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. He says, what if Kiss in 1980 realized they had already written some of the best rock songs there is and used their imagination and creativity choosing new projects? Considering they were one of the unique bands of all time, the the hair... hair band era was such a big step back so he's asking like what if they he i guess more in line of what if they had continued maybe doing more concept stuff instead of you know trying to be motley crew jr and bon jovi jr yeah. i well i i became that, a fan like during that time what if they would have kept their makeup on throughout the 80s i guess that's possible too that would have been uh, you know, again, you know, like you say, by then they were kind of looked at as being dinosaurs and the makeup was kind of an anchor to them at that point, you know, but the 80s were so image important that, you know, and it's funny because you think through the 80s, what was the number one thing, the very first question off everybody's lips when they interviewed Kiss? Why'd you take the makeup off? Yeah, always. And the number two question, when are you going to put the makeup back on? Right. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they say, when are you going to put the makeup back on? So then you got to think in the 80s, people really, really wanted it, you know, because like I said, everything was so image based MTV. Imagine the videos they could have put out if they would have kept the makeup on in the 80s. That's what blows me away is that I Love It Loud was (laughs) was not a hit. No, because the video was awesome. It's one of the coolest videos ever made. Yeah, mine too. I mean, it just it would have it just. I think even Chris Lent writes in that book that he did, like it, everything was set for them to be darlings of MTV because they were an image based band. Right. But everyone viewed them as old schlocky, you know, dinosaur rock. See, and I can't imagine that when you think of that video for I Love It Loud and how cool it was and how, you know, that set a tone for a lot of hard rock videos after that. Yeah. Okay. So let's get, uh, well, here's a good one. This was the first response I got when I put this up on the, the post for this up on my Facebook page. Okay. And this is from Joe Polo, our friend from Podcast Rock City. Awesome. He says, what if Ace Fraley had died the night he got electrocuted? Boy, that's a tough one. What would the band have done then? Obviously, you know, because they were already at a very high rate of popularity at that point. They were already, you know, on the cusp of being the greatest band in the world at that time, right? Oh, that was we're talking pretty much seventy-seven. So yeah. they're already that's there. The that height. is that is the height. That's the yeah. that's the mountaintop. They would have had to replace them and continue. It's right? Too much money on the table. You, I mean, they can't. He's because he's dead. You know, they're you you got to go on. They they would have to have like like stop the tour, go back to New York immediate guitar you know you look at the guys that maybe because at this point kiss could have anybody so the question would be if kiss was well because again they'd want to they would want an unknown person 
like they do with Eric Carr. They would want an unknown. There was a teenager in Oregon that would probably fill in pretty good. From Oregon? Yeah. Yeah. It's a guy named Tommy Thayer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Too young. Yeah, probably too. He was probably like 15 at the time. 12 years old. You can't be in Kiss. Yeah. That's an interesting question. They they would have had to have continued. I yeah, think. they're not, they don't have it in their mindset to just call it quits. Zeppelin was a special case yeah. with Bonham, but uh, no Ace. Everyone's replaceable in Kiss, I think. And I think if that was, I wonder if they would have, if Ace would have died that night, if they would have just put somebody else in. Ay. You know what? Here's what I bet might have happened. They might not have told anybody that Ace and died. Replaced it with somebody replaced else. Replaced him with somebody else and never told anybody. They've been fucked up. I <laughs> did. Ace is the walrus. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a good one from Dan Miles from Friends of Dan podcast. Is what if renowned opportunist Gene Simmons had married renowned opportunist Sharon Osbourne? Oh, I love that question. Oh, I laughed my ass <laughs> off when I saw that. I think the world would explode yeah, from too much ego. Totally. That was that's the uh, breaking of the seventh seal right there, as we all know. And you know, the apocalypse is upon us. And you know, meet your new overlords. Okay, that's, that's that. I need to rapid fire through a few Baco questions because okay. his were so fucking funny. What Always. If, what that if, dude is so creative. Here's a few of his in a row. What if Peter Chris had said no when asked if he'd be willing to wear a dress? What if Paul Stanley had been born with two ears? Would he even be a musician? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what if Bob Kulik had hair? <laughs> yeah, that kind of goes back to the other question. <laughs> what if at least Paul had read the script to Kiss Meets the Phantom? <laughs> Somebody should have read it. Somebody. <laughs> and last one, what if Paul and Gene let Ace and Peter walk in 1978? Wow. I don't know. Would they? I don't know. Would they? That I don't know. That, ugh. Instead of doing the solo albums, they just say, you know what, Ace and Peter? You're gone. You're gone. Get Go. You want to we'll, leave we'll get so two bad? two other guys. You want to go solo so bad? You guys go ahead. Boy, I don't know what... that's that's creates a whole lot of, you know, dimensional time warps there well, because then you got to wonder, does Ace and Peter, if they immediately put out albums, are they huge? I don't think Because Kiss be is huge. pretty big still at that time. You know, it wasn't until after that that they kind of the the client starts coming in. You know, does do they all totally go solo? I mean, that's wow, that's a tough one. I'm trying to think, of, what if Paul and Gene replaced those two with somebody else in '78? I don't think it would have worked. I think I know Paul and Gene were probably the two main focused members of the group, but. I think their fan base was a fan base of all four yeah. at the time. I don't think it would have gone over. No, it probably it just sunk them a little bit faster, I think. Yeah, I don't. people wouldn't take them seriously after that. I really don't no, think so. Because they were just a few steps away from making sure people didn't take them seriously anyhow. And that would have just put the, the nail in the coffin a little faster, I think. And then Todd Austin, our friend Todd Zilla, had a few <laughs> funny ones. He did have some funny ones. What if Casey Kasem actually replaced Peter Chris in the band after Kiss Meets the Phantom? Just on albums, singing the vocals. Yeah. What if Peter had to duplicate that makeup on the first album cover every night for his whole career? That's so funny. He'd you still know, be in the dressing room putting it on. People don't think about that when you look at that first album cover, how crazy Peter's makeup is. Yeah, it's very involved. Um, what if they actually liked each other? That'd be great. It would be great. What if they all thought Ace's jokes on Tom Snyder were funny? <laughs> Why wouldn't they? Everybody else did. Gene didn't. <laughs> I thought they were hilarious. That's the funniest thing ever. He ever. Said, what if Vinnie Vincent had a real handshake and and <laughs> pants? And pants. 
if you want to know where that story comes from, listen to the conversation oh, with Toddzilla episode we did where Todd re- uh, reenacts his meeting with Vinnie Vincent at a guitar store. We just got to get Todd back on the show again just yeah. for the hell of it. He's just call too entertaining. Episode whatever. Toddzilla's here for the hell of it. Uh, let's see. What if Kiss worked with Bob Rock on the next CD? Hmm. That's from Chad Wagner. I'd love to hear Bob Rock do a Kiss album because I love the I like his production style. I know yeah. some people think, oh, it's so slick and overproduced, but I like instruments to sound massive. Right? And yeah, he, he's the, the guy for that. Think a Doctor Feelgood, like if he he took the Doctor Feelgood approach to Kiss, I think that'd be good. Can you imagine Michael Wagner doing a Kiss I album? I would love to do it. Can we know, although he made it clear he has no interest in doing one. But he's a master. He could he could do it even if he wasn't the big. I bet you he'd come out of it being a Kiss fan. Mm-hmm. Maybe get Ace in there and let him work. Like Michael Wagner, let him work his magic and make them all get along. Yeah, that would have been tough. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Another one from Dan Miles. What if instead of trying to help Van Halen get their record deal, Gene had convinced Eddie to replace Ace and Kiss instead? See, and that was always the story that there was some chance of that happening. That that's um, what he was he was aiming for? I don't know. Okay, so you look at it like this. Like, if, if Ace would have left when he did, and instead of bringing in Vinnie Vincent, they brought in Eddie Van Halen. All right, gave him some makeup, whatever whatever that is, the Egyptian thing or or something mm-hmm. else. Eddie Van Halen and Kiss. I just I can't. It's in a way I can see it, in a way I can't. The way that I can see it is because Vinnie Vincent was a pretty flashy player, and Mark St. John was a really flashy pay, player. Mm-hmm. So that was the vein of music they were kind of going into having those over the top guitar players. Who better than any Van Halen in yeah. a situation like that? Right, they were clearly emulating him. On the other hand, is you know, can Gene and Paul exist within a band where somebody might be a bigger star than them? History would tell us no. No. You know, history can't. would tell us what? Beth's a big hit single. We don't like you anymore. You know? Yeah. Well, then <laughs> what? That, you um... had the most success out of the solo albums, you're dead to us now. But you have to stay in the band for a little while longer. Well, in that Mark St. John interview I was talking about earlier, they um, one of his stories was they would like be in an airport, and you know they'd get the rock magazines, and some of the magazines would be reviews on the new Kiss album. Yeah. And like he relayed one story about they're sitting there and Paul's reading this magazine. All of a sudden, Paul throws the magazine and goes, "It's another one about you." Really? Yeah. About how much ass Mark St. John's been kicking? Yeah. Yeah. And it's and then Mark's like I that just baffled him because right that's they're a good praising thing, right? your new album and your new guitar player why wouldn't you be happy about that you know jeez just a lot and, of insecurity I guess and I got a feeling that if uh, anybody told Eddie Van Halen what he could or couldn't drink the answer would be fuck off yeah you know with a, with a capital F <laughs> yeah I the, there's no way Eddie Van Halen's ego could fit with Gene and Paul's it's he impossible he would have maybe humbled them. Yeah, probably. He maybe would have humbled them. He would have been a bigger star than they would, and they, there's no way they would put up with that. I don't know about bigger, but on equal par Yeah, at, but I mean, Eddie least. Van Halen is a revolutionary musician. Right. But Eddie Van Halen would not have been allowed. They would have tried to... See, that's why it would never They work. would have stifled they his would have, creativity. They would have tried to stifle his yeah. creativity. And he would have walked. And he would have walked. So, yeah, yeah it would so, have never ended up working anyway. Yeah, and Joe Royland also asked that same question. What if Eddie Van Halen joined the band? Um, one one really kick-ass album. Maybe the greatest album of all time. Who knows? Oh, and here's one that uh, goes back to the uh, Denny Smith intro episode we did. We were talking about the Amazon purchases. Patrick Johnson asked, 
How long before the public is introduced to Kiss Depends? For those times you want to rock and roll all night and your functions go astray. Oh, no. Uh, and he also says, when Folger stirs inside of Paul Stanley, what is it that he can actually be? Um, a circus performer. <laughs> Apparently. I'm, I'm guessing. That's, that's it. Uh, Glenn Bennett's got a good one. What if Gene's acting career had become mega successful in the 80s? Would, would Kiss have just faded away before the 90s? Boy, that's that's a tough one too because you know that's that's a really good what if. What if when Gene Simmons took his first movie role away from Kiss, he would have been like heralded as the next great thing in Hollywood? Mm-hmm. Would it took away all his time from Kiss? But then what happens though? Because him and Paul are pretty much equal partners. Yeah. So is Paul just screwed? I mean, well, then Kiss has to break because up. Because Paul can't replace Gene. No. Especially in the 80s, there's no way Gene would have allowed that. But what if Gene became such a huge movie star, he would say, Paul, I'm beyond Kiss now. You can have it. You can have it. You think, it. Uh, he may have done that. You know, if he was that big. Or, you know, of course, I still get a percentage, but, you know, you may carry on without me. Well, for I am a megastar. I am the, now he, the king of the mountain in Hollywood. <laughs> king of the mountain. That's a good follow-up, though. Would Kiss be... Because, vis- you know, the 80s were all about visuals. Yeah. Gene stuck out like a sore thumb in the 80s. Oh, yeah, he looked terrible. Would Kiss have been better off with a younger, more attractive-looking guy playing bass for Kiss? In the 80s? Would they have fit in better? Yes. Because he made them look like an old man's band. Well, take a take somebody like Bobby Dahl from Poison and stick, and stick him, him in Gene Simmons' Because Eric and Bruce... They looked passable during that period. Totally. Yeah, and those Paul, guys were young enough. Paul took to it like a fish in water. Oh, yeah. He was totally there. He was right up there. I remember when I was a young kid and I had the uh, Crazy Nights album, and I'm looking at it, and it's like, oh, man, Gene Simmons' leather jacket and that mm. awesome dragon bass. You know, it look, looks so cool, you know, this guy. And the girl, that the older sister of the friend I had or whatever, is like, oh, my God, Paul Stanley's so hot. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just like Paul Stanley. Or, yeah. I mean, he was Paul Stanley was just like, uh, you know, John Bon Jovi or Brett Michaels or He'd anybody right else. In. He was right all in all that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... I think if Gene would have made it huge in Hollywood and said, that's it, I'm out of the rock and roll, I'm a movie star now, which I believe he totally would have done. If he had taken off, sure. Yeah. Yeah, because he wasn't, he didn't care about Kiss during that time. No, it was a, Kiss was a launching board to get him to get somewhere else, even bigger than Kiss. Kiss was his steady day job, and then Hollywood was his dream. Yeah. I think he always wanted to be bigger on like the big screen. Oh, totally. And he probably otherwise, still feels otherwise that he way. wouldn't have tried to do any of that stuff. Why even try it if you're not, you know, trying to be the best at it? And that's why when that's Gene Simmons' way. And that well, that's another question. Here's my own what if, like, like or just hypothetical question. And you know, because remember I was talking about Gene's return to rock and roll in 1992 with Revenge. Yeah. Was that a conscious effort to go back to rock and roll, or was that because acting roles had dried up and he had kind of lost any clout he had in Hollywood? Maybe he was forced to go back into rock and roll. Maybe a little bit of both, you know, because, you know, Gene Simmons did not become the huge movie star. Mm -mm. And he had been given it almost a decade at that point. Yeah. So now he knows, you know, at this point, eventually there's got to be a point that you get to and say, okay, you know... I'm this. I had some great experiences here. You know, this was a lot of fun. I got to make some movies. You know, doors open to do stuff again in the future. But I'm not Tom Cruise. (laughs) I'm not George Clooney. I'm not making that kind of money. He made a movie with George Clooney. Yeah, you know, or or I'm not Tom Selleck. You know, but (laughs) you 
you get to that point where it's like, okay, time to, you know, get back to work now. You know, it's like going on vacation. You right. know, vacation sucks when it's over, but sometimes it's time just to come home and go back to work. Maybe. Uh, another good but one. But I'm from... not wearing any more fluorescent bullshit. <laughs> I'm coming back, but no more face makeup. Oh. No more shaving every day, Paul. You're not going to make me shave every day before we go out and go on stage and make appearances. I'm going to grow my, grow some scruffy a little bit. I'm going to wear this dirty leather jacket, and I'm going to look like the best Gene Simmons can look like without the makeup on. And not be Arthur. And not be Arthur. So another good one from Glenn Bennett. This is kind of funny. What if we found out that Evil Kiss actually won the battle in Phantom of the Park, and that totally explains the Dynasty Unmasked and Elder run of albums that followed? You know, you never you never see Ace Frehley's hands on any of those album covers. <laughs> so it's Evil's Paul, Evil Paul's hand on the Elder cover. Totally, yeah. Mm. Otherwise, it'd be black, right? It blows me away how many elder how many how many times the elder comes up on these what if questions. Yeah, that's pretty cool, you know, because that is a big that's a big changing point point in the trajectory of history. A huge point. Yeah, let's see. Nick Tavellis asks, What if Peter never got fired? Up to that point, apparently everything was decided by a four way vote with Ace and Peter always sticking together. But when Peter was no longer there, there, Ace effectively was always overruled and had no say in band-related matters. Hmm. I don't think we would have seen the Elder. That's for sure. No, we wouldn't have. I don't don't know what we. I don't know how. Again, Ace and Peter both dead within the week. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see how it could have. You know, because. So then, I guess hypothetically, we're saying, what if a? What if Peter would have been the perfect bandmate? you know, and not cause all the problems that he did or, you know, the rift between him and his bandmates would have never happened if he would have been happy within the group. If nobody wanted him to leave and he didn't want to leave, Mm. I don't... That's just so hard to imagine because I guess Kiss would have probably... Boy, I don't know. I guess they would have eventually took off their make. It would have been no different, I guess. Maybe. I'm not sure. Because, I mean, you think about it, at that point, even with Peter, with the Elder, they still don't have no direction. Mm -mm. You know, they're still probably, Peter's probably still playing right along with the same stuff as, you know, Anton did on Dynasty and and Unmasked. I mean, I guess Paul and Gene really were the deciders of direction. So maybe they still would have made it. But. Until they throw their hands up in the air and say, here you go, Bob, you know, you tell us what this album's going to be. And then Bob's like, it's going to be a concept. Yeah. yeah. Only I can see it in my mind. Chop another line, Bob. And now, Deep Thoughts with Ace Fraley. No, come here, come here. Come Action! Turn around. Look, it's rock and roll. Throw another log in the fireplace. It's Christmas in July. (laughs) 
All right, you are listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast, having a little fun today. You know, we're not really trying to piss nobody off or cause any kind of controversy or cause outrage within the KISS Army or anything like that. That's not us. We we like to celebrate KISS. It is Kissmas in July. You know, not trying to start no problems, just having a little fun today. And I like that. I like it when you guys interact with us and give us stuff to talk about. It's a it's a two-way street here. You know, you we try to entertain you, but you guys definitely entertain us too. And I know one thing that you guys love very much about the show, obviously, is the fact that it's free. We made that pledge a long time ago. It was going to be free, always free, never not free. Don't want to charge nobody for it. So if you want to help us out, here's a great way to do it. At DecibelGeek.com, we've got a link that takes you to Amazon. It's a special magical link because when you use this special link, anything you buy, no matter what it is, no matter what you want to get, because of course they've got it all, but whatever it is you get, they give us a little kickback here at the Decibel Geek Podcast. Helps us out a little bit, you know. We got to do what we can to pay the bills, doing what we can to get by, and so you guys can help us out by doing that, and a lot of people have been doing it. So let me tell you about some of the things that have recently been purchased on Amazon through the Decibel Geek link. A Thule Parkway 2 rear mount bike rack. That's nearly 200 bucks. See, that ain't got nothing to do with rock and roll, but it's a high dollar purchase, so it helps us out a lot. The more expensive the item, the more it helps us. You get it. It's easy. Here's some cool stuff. A Kiss Mini Icons iron-on patch. That's cool. I wonder if it's Mini Kiss. That'd be really cool. And also a Max Power 21-inch lawnmower blade. See, even not wanting to drive up to the Home Depot is a good excuse to use the link to Amazon at DecibelGeek.com. Now, of course, it's the Decibel Geek Podcast, and when people are going through our link, the thing they're after the most is music. And man, you guys always pick out some cool stuff. This week, some of the musical choices purchased at Amazon through the Decibel Geek link include the self-titled debut of Blue Murder. That's awesome. Uh, Scorpions, Humanity Hour 1 and Worldwide Live. Thin Lizzy, the Jailbreak LP. I've actually got that on LP. That's cool. Joe Satriani, Shockwave Supernova. Nice. Can't go wrong with that. Here's a band called Black Welder. One word, Black Welder. Survival of the Fittest. Somebody check that out and let me know what it's about. Otherwise, I'll have to check that out myself. Nice. Look at this. Death Angel, Thrash Humentry. That's got to be cool. Even if you're not a huge, you know, thrash metal fan, that's got to be an awesome story. Remember Death Angel? They did a cover of Cold Gin back in the day. That was cool. Uh, Judas Priest, Unleashed in the East LP. That's a nice addition to the collection there. And uh, what? Yes, Union Live. What is this? This is crazy. Yes, every single week somebody's buying Yes through the Decibel Geek link. We don't play no Yes here. I think Zinzak's messing with us. He wants to do a special Yes episode. You'll have to let him know what you think about that. Another cool thing that I need to let you know about, if you don't already know, is HK Collectibles, Inc. Our good friend Daryl Alber. Have I been saying Albers all this time? No, it's Daryl Alber. He's got some great stuff this week over at HK Collectibles, Inc. Amazon store. And over there, you'll find some cool stuff like some KISS tickets from the Hot in the Shade tour, the Asylum tour, and the reunion tours. I was thinking about this, you know. Imagine that you went to one of these shows back in the day, you know, and they tore your ticket in half and it looks like garbage or you, you had such a good time that night you lost it. You could go to HK Collectibles, Inc., and see if maybe he's got the ticket from the show that you went to. Then you could have it. How cool is that? He's also got an awesome ticket from the Monsters of Rock show in Switzerland in 1984. That's the show that had the lineup of Van Halen, ACDC, and Motley Crue. 
That's awesome. Get this stuff and so much more by going to decibelgeek.com, clicking on the HK Collectibles Inc. banner, and it's going to take you straight there. Tell them we sent you, and have a good time. Hey, Christmas in July is just about over, but we've got a little more talk to go. Again, thanks to everybody that's uh, submitted some suggestions for us to talk about. We couldn't have done it without you, and enjoy the rest of Christmas in July. This one is a this is a good one. This is from Dustin Lytle, who's a listener and also has a cool show called Music the Lifeblood. Cool. This is what if Burn Bitch Burn became their biggest single <laughs> eclipsing Beth and I was made for loving you, thus causing a chain reaction in the kiss apparatus, shifting shifting the em- emphasis to Gene as the Boy, de facto what? figurehead of the band through the eighties, culminating in Paul's absence from being focused on the band. Wow. Wow. Yeah, okay. So let's say, like, this instead is... of the Paul Stanley songs always being the singles, it would always oh, been Gene a Gene song. Simmons song. Oh, God. Gene would have never done any acting because he would have been like, oh, well, this yeah, is... I'm his... a huge star. Yeah, I'm a huge star. I'm the leader. I'm the band leader of KISS. Everybody's taking it backstage to me. I'm basically like Alice Cooper. It's Gene Simmons featuring KISS now. I'm... That's you know that's totally what I don't even happen. know what to say to that. <laughs> I can imagine you're right about Paul Paul being absent from being focused on the band because there's only so many times you can listen to logs and fireplaces and yeah. it's a dirty job but somebody's got to do right. it and shit like that. No, although Paul had plenty of horrible lyrics during sure. that time too. It's 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 one but of look those. Look at it. Would Kiss have been like more along the veins than of like Lizzie Borden or maybe Alice Cooper of that time kind of stuff? Like Gene would have taken on more of like a a scary frontman kind of a role, like an Ozzy Osbourne almost. He'd have to put the makeup back on to pull that off because he didn't look really scary on no, his own. No, he sure didn't. He would have had to get scarier. He looking looked like a dude sure. selling diamonds in Midtown Manhattan or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, watches out of the inside of his jacket. Right, yeah. And hopefully wearing clothes under it. Uh, Lee Conrad from Kistry Science Theater. That's a good show. Says, uh, what if Kiss only used the character monikers instead of names right from the beginning, i.e. the demon, the cat man, the star child, and the spaceman? So they would have never gone never by gone Ace under their names. They would have just been, that the was their, their wrestlers, their wrestling right. names. What, what do you think about that? Oh, man, I don't... It would have made re- replacing members a lot easier. That's true. That's say, true. Well, yeah, because this, this is our new demon. Or this, this is, is the demon. This. What do you mean? What happened to the demon? The demon's right there. You know. What do you mean? What happened to the cat man? He's he's right there. Like that's a different guy. That it's the cat man. Yeah, hmm. it would have been a lot easier. You never have to explain what happened to the old guy. Let's see, <laughs> BJ Cramp. After seeing a lot of uh, responses, a lot of them snarky, says, mm-hmm. "What if only the funny Kiss fans tried to be funny?" <laughs> <laughs> Well played. Uh, yes, but to be a fan of Kiss, you have to have a sense of humor sometimes. Uh, I'll see. For sure. Mike Tyler says, what if Peter Chris didn't have his horrible car accident, which hampered his playing ability that made him ultimately lose his position in the band? I, I don't know if his playing ability ever really too much came into factor when it came to him leaving the band. I think mm. it more had to do with his attitude than anything, because you, re- you can recover from an accident you know you can work hard and come back from from that and be a great drummer again in most cases you know 
the attitude. It's you know, it was all about his bad he, attitude at the end. And a lot of that was fueled by the addiction problem. Right. You know, it sure. made him unpredictable. Yeah. When he's when Peter's straight, he's a pretty easygoing guy from what I've seen. Yeah. Like look at him at these uh, autograph signing shows he does. He's completely clean now, and he's just a, a joy to be around. Right. But when Peter's getting fucked up, you don't know what person you're going to get from minute to minute. Sure. And had he not been getting messed up, would he have, you know, gotten in that accident and said, this is the most terrible thing that's ever happened to me. It's taken me away from what I love the most, being in Kiss and playing drums. And I'm going to work my ass off to get back and be better than ever. You know, yeah. that would have, could have changed the whole the whole trajectory there, too. Yeah, I know. It's... There's a lot of what ifs when it comes these are, to this. I mean, band. these are inter- this is almost frustrating to record because it's just like, damn, I wish I could see how it would have played out. Right? You know? Yeah, we had a little button we could push, and it would all, you know, show how it could have went. Yeah, let's alternate see. realities. I'm trying to find some other good ones in here. There's a lot of good ones, though. I'm having to kind of sift through a lot of interesting stuff. All right, here's Scott Lull. What if Paul's voice was as strong today as it was 20 years ago? Would the current Kiss set list still be the same? I don't know. I guess it would be unlimited what they could do. Maybe Kiss would be one of those bands that are a little more, you know, uh, say, not so strict in their set list. They'll be like, you know, let's just play it fast and loose tonight and see, you know, what what do you want to play? What do you want to do tonight? Let's do something different. Let's surprise people. You know, obviously, with the limitations, you're limited, you know, to the songs that you can and can't play. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and one of the complaints on Kiss is that they're, set lists are pretty predictable a lot of the times yeah we could do a whole talk on that and so if if they had the ability to play anything they wanted to play i think they probably would but like yeah you got it all it all breaks down to what is their motive for the set list staying right if it's because of paul's voice then maybe it is but the way and i hate to have a bummer statement like this but it's i think it's true they're not pushing to us. They already get our money. Right. They're pushing to people who don't know much about them. So therefore, so they they're presenting. Too. <laughs> they're, they're presenting the the set list and show that is this is the best commercial for making you into a right. fan. Yeah, I get that. So that's where they're coming from. They're, and that sucks for somebody that's already a fan. Well, business-wise, it makes perfect sense. Sure. And it's why they're still playing arenas. It's like we already got your money, but we want their yeah. money too, so well, we have to indoctrinate them into what you already understand. They Even if that means alienating you a little bit, right. you'll, you'll get over it. Well, because be we're right. still going to spend money on them. Yeah. And we typically do. I'm just speaking as a general KISS fan. Depends on what it is. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, prefer to spend my money on Kiss music. Oh, I do too. But like, people still go to the shows, and even a lot of them that bitch about the set list still buy tickets and go right. to the show. And a lot of people that aren't even Kiss fans still go do go to these shows, and you know they do become Kiss fans because of it. So, although my what irritates me is like, I'm not a giant Pearl Jam fan, but you have to face facts. Pearl Jam is one of the biggest rock bands in the world right now. Right. And have been for a long time. And mix their setup every single night. Yeah. They'll open the show with a ballad. They don't give a fuck. Right. And they, because the, that's one of the things, that's a good, this is a good discussion because one thing that I hate is that, and Paul Stanley in particular seems very embarrassed by a lot of the band's catalog. And that's, it still mystifies me. Have you noticed that? Like, there's certain eras and albums that he'll talk about with just disdain. Well, I mean, they're not going to be busting out a whole lot of anything off of music from the Elder. No, but it's like they, like he almost has a, 
he it's just impossible for him to view somebody else's viewpoint. You know, he likes, you know, yes, you hate that album, but do you really hate that album because of the material or do you hate it because it was a flop? Right. Or do you hate it because of the way the band looked at the time when it came out? But I mean, when they made that album, they thought they were doing a piece of genius. Well, sure. Every album Kiss has ever come out with is the best album they ever did. Every one of them. They're all a mix of Destroyer and whatever else. (laughs) All of them. I remember hearing interviews for Crazy Nights that Crazy Nights was a mix of Destroyer and Creatures of the Night. Yeah, okay. Really? (laughs) (laughs) And then something crazy happened. Yeah. I don't know. But I just, but Paul seems very, like, unproud of a lot of their material. Yeah. He likes a handful of songs, and that's what makes the set. Do you think he only likes the songs that people come up and say, I love that song. I heard it you know, here the other day, or I heard it there the other day. I love that song. Is that what makes the difference? He think? doesn't care what other people think. He likes what he likes, and he yeah. sticks with it. This is what I think This is why like. Love Gun will always be in the set, Yeah, because he views that as the best song he's ever written. I think Love Gun almost should always be It in might the be set. the best song. I love the song. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it being in the set. Well, these days, he can't really pull it off. But... Stuff like, um, like well, when, on the Rock the Nation tour, they did Love Her All I Can from Dress to Kill. That's cool. I like that. Tommy and Eric had to push like hell to get him to allow that song in the set list, and he yeah. admits it. He hates the song. He's never <sighs> liked the song. But I guess, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, if I turn it's not, my... It's not one of their best songs. But it's but a it's cool song. Bad. It's got a double solo in it. Yeah. But, you know, I guess if I turn my fanboy switch off, I guess I can see why. Because it's like, is it? It's his band. He can play what he wants. Sure, of course. But and he will. But it's kind of like don't don't use that PR line of we do everything for our fans and our fans are the bosses. You know, when you just need more bosses, you're not listening to them <laughs> on the set list. Right. Yeah. Because there's a lot then, they could do. But with then it. when they go do the Kiss Cruise, then they bust out the oddball stuff. Yeah. If you, you know? pay twelve hundred dollars, you right. can get a set but list you again, want. <laughs> it's, it's again, it's like it's playing to your audience. You know, you yeah. go on the Kiss Cruise. You know, these people paid a lot of money. They are hardcore Kiss fans. They don't want to hear rock and roll all night. You know, they don't want to hear mm-hmm. Shout It All Out again. Though. You know, but of course they're going to play it because even out of those hardcore Kiss fans, there's still some in there that do want to hear those those overplayed songs. Well, if I'm in know? an arena, you got to close the show with it. Sure. I mean, it's the best ender for a show. I wish I had a dollar every time they played sure. it. Sure. Although I have seen a show where they didn't play it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here the, in Nashville, The Gibson right? Guitar yeah. Show. They ended with Heavens on Fire. That's cool, man. Which was a cool ender. Yeah, I bet. All right, let's get in. Uh, let's just do. You want to do two more? Because we um, were up about an hour. We got already. ours. Uh, but we have our own. Yeah, you got your own, don't you? Oh, I didn't come up with my own. Oh, I thought you said you had your own. Well, I brought mine up through through this. Oh, okay. Well, mine. You want mine? Yeah. Well, mine was the one that I was thinking of was what if when they came out with the solo albums, if they were hugely popular. Like if it was on Billboard 1, 2, 3, and 4. Yeah. You know, they were just the biggest albums that came out at the time. They were what Kiss expected them to be. Right. What Casablanca expected them to be. Everything they shipped sold. Mm-hmm. How crazy would the world of Kiss be after that? Do you think they would have split up? They would have to, right? I mean... I don't think they would have, though. Because, I mean, it would could be... They, could they have coexisted after that? Well, I mean, Casablanca and management would have wanted to keep them together because it was all marketed as a KISS product. Right. But then wouldn't they... What if Casablanca seen it as, okay, now we have four KISS revenues uh, coming in. We send these guys out with their own bands and go on their own tours. I don't know that it would have 
work. And so. we're making quadruple the money now because they're each as popular on their own mm-hmm. as they were together. And then down the line, we'll try to reel them back in for a reunion. I mean, it's it's plausible, but I don't know. Because you got to figure Ace would have probably had a band. Paul would have probably had a band. Mm-hmm. Peter probably would have done the the Ringo Starr thing at the time, where he's got the mm-hmm. white microphone in the in the nice leisure suit. leisure suit, and he's standing up on the oval thing, and they right. got the singers over in the background over there, and the <laughs> orchestra over on this side, big yeah. band jump style. And Gene again probably just would have went to Hollywood, right? Probably, unless they forced him to go on tour because his album sold so well. Maybe I don't. It's an interesting thought. That's a pretty good. Would they ke- would they keep the makeup and costumes on though, or would they See, just be themselves? There you go. That's a good what if because then, what do you do? Have like Ace in his costume with the makeup and everything, and then a couple of dudes without makeup and sitting Steve around back him? there with his t shirt on. Anton, Anton on the drums, Willie on the bass. Well, there's a lot of fans that want Ace to do that now. Yeah, that want him to throw the makeup and costume on and, and still do it. But and then have just regular guys yeah. playing the red That'd be weird, though. It would be weird. It'd be cool, but it'd be weird. Yeah, I don't know. I Well, wow, I never really thought about that. I don't before. think, well, I don't. Ace needs to work out a little bit before he does that again. <laughs> I'd be like me throwing his costume and makeup on. That ain't happening. Um, hey, we all get older. What are you going to do? You know? I, I like this one from Dan Piles. It's like we can all talk shit about Paul Stanley's voice if we want to, and we can all talk about Ace Frehley's belly, but we all get older. You know, it happens. That's part of life. It happens to I'm us. I'm just glad Ace is, is healthy and, and clean now because he, he deserves it. And I still think Space Invader is freaking awesome. No, I love the album. This is from Dan Miles. He says, what if Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner recorded a cover of Beth but changed it to Seth and it became a staple at gay weddings? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. It's good, I guess, maybe. Oh, is man. that good for Kiss if that happens? Uh, he's, he had tongue firmly Chris? in cheek when he did that. <laughs> and this one's good. Peter, for- Peter Chris paints an extra teardrop. Yeah. Scott Lowell says, what if Wicked Lester had been successful? LOL, having a hard time keeping a straight face with this scenario. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of weird bands like that at that time that were successful. It just shows how bad the early 70s was for rock music. Yeah. you know, Because actually, to me, if you look at some of those other bands that were along the lines of Wicked Lester, Wicked Lester was better than some of them bands that were actually making money back then. Some of them. Some of it. But it's, you know, just, it's but just a murky period for music. Yeah. And that's why Kiss became what they were, to not have to be Wicked Lester. That's a case where, like, you know, I'll disagree with Paul and Gene's decisions on stuff stylistically, but they are dead on right about why they split up Wicked Lester. Yeah. It was a mishmash of whatever was popular at the time, and they were trying to rip it off. It was like the anti-Kiss they weren't being they were being the band they've seen a million times. Yeah. So I'm my hat's off to them for doing that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So Especially much for uh, our hearts. Certain thank bandmates you. that you guys dropped like a bad habit and I'm glad you did in hindsight. <laughs> um moving on from that. Let's do one more listener question or listener what if and I like this one because I've thought about this one a lot. What if well, this is from uh, Ryan Sessions. Cool. What if an actual farewell tour was announced tomorrow? Give me a ticket. 
You would go one you're more damn time. right. If it was a, a like you're talking about a real farewell with Ace and Peter back in, or not, what if it's not like with Ace current? and Peter? What's the current band? And they just say this is the last time we're going out. I guess give me a ticket. I would still go. Yeah, give me a ticket. I'll go. I guess I would go just because if I knew for a fact that that was it. But then those guys have to... tricked us 15 years ago too. <laughs> they all do. Ozzy, Scorpions. Oh no, they it's nothing do. new. I was listening to an old Howard Stern interview with Gene from like the mid 2000s. Yeah, or a few years ago actually, and. Howard goes, is it true that Kiss has done a bunch of reunion tour or a bunch of farewell tours? And she goes, yep, it's wow. true. <laughs> he just was straight up about it. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they haven't labeled anything the farewell tour since right. the farewell tour. But I guess, you know, if you look in the really, really, really small print, it just says two ace freely at the bottom of that one. Well, on the tour posters. But the whole farewell tour thing, like Kiss fans give them so much shit over that. It was like. The Stones have done that every 10 years right. for 50 years. Yeah, it's true. But, you know, it's still, it doesn't make it right. No, it doesn't make it right. And I went and I bought a hook, line, and sinker in 2000. Sure, and I you went, had to go because I even got a little last chance. I even got a little misty-eyed during the show totally. going, man, this I'm going to miss this. Yeah. So I guess I shouldn't be upset that they brought it back. It's one of those things that's like, what are you being upset about? That the thing that you love so much is still around? Right, exactly. You know, that's yeah. like the Scorpions. They said they, they planned on it being their farewell to and then they went out there and the response was so great and people said please don't go and so they said you know how can we yeah you know so i'm glad it wasn't the end of kiss you know it is i don't like when a band says this is our farewell tour and then it's not that's that's kind of lying i lying, lying to your fans do we but... think do we think that they're gonna go until one of them dies <sighs> I hope not. I get the feeling that they're planning the end right now because Gene has mentioned in an interview, a couple interviews over this, this year, 2015, that I can't do this forever. And I know I've got maybe a tour or another tour in me, but I'm not crazy enough to think that I'm going to do this forever. And at some point, these guys are going to want to be able to have some time in their lives to stop and enjoy all the work, yeah. you know, the fruits of the labors from all these years. It's amazing you know? that they haven't done yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine being in a band that is so loved that you feel like you can't retire, mm-hmm. even though maybe you'd like to? You know, like, I'd like to just retire and go spend time with my wife and travel the world and do all the things that we want to do because we can afford it because I've worked so hard for all these years and, and delivered all these albums and the bands love, the fans love me so, love us so much that we can't retire. Now we owe it to them to keep going even though we're freaking 65 years old, <laughs> you know? The what fact, do you guys want from us? Well, the fact that Gene is saying that in interviews tells me that there there's a plan in place for them to be done. Yeah. Because he's never said anything like that in the past. Hmm. Even back in 2000, he never said that. No, I'd be like, oh. He would always do the never say never thing back then. Right. And he'd be like, well, I'm, I'd be crazy if I said it. Never possible that we'll get back together again or do something again. Right. Now he's like, I'm not crazy enough to think I can keep doing this. So which I, makes the, I think uh, it's the I fact, think they're working on which makes it. the fact that they couldn't play together at the Hall of Fame just for a handful of songs even sadder. Well, it that was it just that just came off kind of petty. I would like to have seen them no makeup just the four That's of what them I wanted. busting out 
four play five Deuce. songs. Deuce, let me go rock and yeah. roll. You know, just play in street clothes without all the stuff. Yeah. Wrap it up and rock do it. And roll and if you Although like you maybe the Hall to. of Fame's at fault for that because from what I hear, they wanted the originals, but the, like the requirement was you got to do it in costume and makeup. Yeah. And Paul and Gene are probably like, you know, those guys aren't in the band with costume and makeup right now. It's not right. fair. That's true. So I honestly did feel bad for Eric and Tommy during that whole debacle. I feel bad for everybody, yeah. in, including Vinnie Vincent. And Bruce. And, and, and Yeah, and, you know, Bruce. I was just like, you know, I thought Bruce deserved to get inducted. Totally. Vinny, yeah. I think everyone deserves to get inducted. Because everybody had a pretty important part It's all to part play. of it. And that's how what we discover here today when we talk about this stuff is how important KISS is to you, me, and, you know, so many of our listeners that love KISS so much that it's so much fun to sit here and wonder what if, you know, certain things would have happened and how the, the course of history could have changed throughout the years through small, minuscule little events, yeah. you know, that it's it's a beautiful thing to be KISS fans of this extent. We, sure. We I feel like a real Kiss fan. Yeah, well, it's, you know, there's no band that you can pick apart so much like this one. Maybe no. the Beatles, but yeah. but Kiss is, there's so much interesting history with the different lineups and different things they've gone through, and there's 40-plus years to look at. So You know, maybe there are some other bands, you know, in different parts of the year we could do what-ifs with. I'd do one on Alice Cooper. Yeah, you could even do one with Metallica mm-hmm. or Guns N' Roses. That'd be a fun one. Maybe. Very interesting. Yeah. I think we might be on to something here. But I think this was a, a fun way to close out Christmas in July. And, it's always um, best to try it first with Kiss. If yeah. it works with Kiss, then it might work with other things. But uh, <laughs> you Kiss fans came through with some really, really good scenarios. Really good stuff. I mean, Stuff I would have never even thought of. Totally. This has been awesome. I And as always, Kissmas in July has been awesome. And, you know, thank everybody that's been a part of it. All the writers at the website. Yeah, the, those guys. articles. Turn Decibel Geek into com for a month, and we loved every moment of it. You know, and of course, you guys stick with us through the rest of the year because... A lot of stuff planned. We're the Decibel Geek Podcast. We're always going to do KISS stuff. One way or another, those guys are going to be involved in it somehow, We whether we, they like it or not. We bring them up every <laughs> week in one way or another. And we got a lot of exciting stuff the rest of the year. We, we're so glad you hung out with us this month, and uh, we really appreciate it. Do we have a huge announcement next week? We do. Oh, yeah. Huge announcement. It's a huge announcement of something that we're going to be doing that's new. And uh, some of you will jump on board, and it'll be a lot of fun. Otherwise, same old, same old every week. Good show coming it. out every week. Free to you every week. iTunes and all the other yeah. great places you can get it. Announcement of something a little extra next week. A lot of extra. So we'll see you next week.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 